Hey everybody, welcome back to the Stuck in the Middle podcast. My name is Zach and today I'm here with Yusuf Randera Reese. Yusuf, how are you? I'm great, Zach. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm tired. It's early. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yusuf, can you please tell us who you are, what you do and a little bit about your family history? Um, so, uh, I'm a... I suppose for, for the purposes of this, how do I introduce myself? I'm a, I'm a mixed race person. Mm. Uh, my dad's an Indian South African guy. My mom's a Welsh white lady. Um, grew up in South Africa in the 80s, which is obviously a time where people were very focused on race and mm. race was a very significant part of identity. And then um, I became a social entrepreneur, uh, trying to primarily focus on problems of inequality and poverty in South Africa, um, helping under resourced entrepreneurs. And um, more recently, I've sold my business. And I, so I did that for the most of my career. Um, I've recently turned 40 and I'm uh, now on a sabbatical, mm-hmm. mostly rebalancing life and spending time with uh, with my family, my young family. I've got a little boy who's four and a, a little girl who's three months old <laughs> and my wife. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, as you said, yes, we need to focus on the mixed race idea just for this podcast. Um, can you think of some experiences that you think are unique about being a mixed race child growing up in South Africa? Because, of, of course, we went to the same school. Um, <laughs> so things like school or work or social life. Yeah, I actually think, you know, I've reflected a little bit in preparing for this show and I actually think that being mixed race in South Africa at the time we were and with the parents that I had and everything um, is one of the most empowering things in my life Mm, Um, because at first it was difficult as I became a teenager and started to want my own identity and want to fit in it was difficult not to naturally and easily fit into the boxes that, you know, the obvious boxes of race and culture that other people were able to. But I think that forced me to think harder mm-hmm. and forced me to grapple more with the ideas of what it really means to be, like, who I am and what these boxes mean and, and to avoid the, that boxing of yeah. myself, you know what I mean? And to avoid, and I think in the process also avoid the boxing of other people, mm. which... I think has been incredibly empowering. I don't know. It almost, I think is probably one of my greatest strengths comes from that, which is just to to live, to be comfortable that life isn't in these boxes, and that there's often for most things that are important, you do need to understand the nuances of things, and that they are more complicated than they seem at face value. Yeah. And that, but but also very importantly, my whole business was built on the idea that people are people. Yeah. And that we don't need a box by like class and race and gender and ethnicity and blah, 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 that we like to do to try to get down to like, okay, well, then we can, we know who this person is. Mm. But rather to start with the premise that a person is a person because, you know, when you're a little kid who looks white, whose name's Yusuf, who doesn't have any family on the white side in South Africa, but has all the Indian side here. And so he's going to eat and looking like nobody else and everyone, you know, uh, 
remembering your name and how you look i guess because you look like totally different to everybody else but then you looking around and you're seeing all the aunties and it's auntie this and you don't remember any auntie's name you feel uncomfortable yeah your dad hasn't introduced you to any of the muslim religions so now you got to act like you understand what's going on yeah. i mean that even happens to me to this day that um, sounds very familiar you know <laughs> you've got to you've got to like and then you go to play sports with the white kids and the white kids are thinking that you're white and relating to you like that and i remember <laughs> with my dad one time at soccer at, at old eds i was in the club there and we were in the huddle and dad was coming up around the field and all the kids were white on the team and they said and, and, and they saw my dad and one of them was like hey why is this indian guy coming here what does he want oh, and i had to be i had to tell them that that's my dad and i felt ashamed that there was I was probably 15 at the time or something like that and that there was a hesitation in me to yeah. say that was my dad because they were obviously looking down on him in the way that you know in the way they talked yeah and there was a hesitation in saying it because I didn't know like do I just avoid the issue and then I can be one of the guys mm. or do I say it and then automatically I'm out there you know mm. um but those experiences to me were the best ones actually because they forced you know it's easy you know you only I suppose if you only in general you grow outside your comfort zone and being mixed race pushes you out of your comfort zone the whole time yeah like that and that's you man that's why you're doing this podcast right yeah definitely not other kids. i mean i'm sure like, your generation are grappling with identity in many forms so that yeah many forms it's not the only form of identity exactly but like it for it's one way it's a very it's a quick hack to realizing that life isn't that simple and you don't you can't box and you know it's good it's yeah good, man you're out of your comfort zone and you th- you're questioning yeah uh, so i found it to be super positive okay um so i was going to ask about challenges that have made a significant impact but i think that's too specific it sounds like you've had very general um challenges and it's amazing how you've overcome them but you you clearly view mixed race as a positive thing and don't speak about the negatives about it so you see it more as a a chance for someone to grow instead of a chance for them to struggle well look i think that um it's obviously challenging right mm. and and challenge at the right time in life is positive and and challenge at the wrong time can be quite detrimental. So I would hesitate I, you know I know that you you find it difficult and my point isn't to or I don't know if you only find it difficult but I know that a part of your experience is difficult and that yeah, my point yeah. isn't to say my point isn't to say you're wrong to find it difficult. No no <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah but but what I would because you know I have kids and if you if you try to get a kid to do something at the wrong time um you can turn them off that thing for life but if you do it at the right time they can become a lover of that thing for life yeah yeah so i i found it challenging especially in my early te- teenage years you know when you really want to be accepted and you don't know you're really trying to figure out who you are mm. and you don't have that natural cultural assimilation factor and i feel the same now to be honest is like we had eat lunch the other day Yeah. And we had it at my dad's house and I was quite uncomfortable that they fed, you know, my parents just did lunch the way that they would normally do lunch which was to put out alcohol and oh. so we had all of my family members coming over for for the first time to our house for eat lunch and we just I felt like we weren't respecting the culture, you know. Mm. Um and 
I think in general, one of the things about my experience of being mixed race is that we drew, we created a lot of our own culture, which was amazing. Yeah. That was a positive thing. But I don't, I think for one reason or another, we didn't draw that much on the cultures, at least explicitly on the cultures of where my family came from. Mm. And there's value in those cultures, man. Like those things were developed over centuries. You know? Yeah. This uh, mixed race culture we developing in the last, you know, my family, it's my parents. That's it. Yeah. So they're fucking figuring it out as they go. And meanwhile, we, we're not drawing often on, I think, like deep wisdom and learning and traditions. Yeah. And those things are wonderful. And, and a participation in those things would have been wonderful for us. You know, without having to give up what we were as, as a new kind of culture. You know, mm. we could have, I think, maybe embraced those things more. So I think that was also um, challenging. Mm. But say, I think that wasn't the point. That wasn't the end point of your question. You asked about challenge. Yeah, yeah. And then you asked about something else. No, I was gonna ask um, the challenges in your life that have made a significant impact, like even an experience or an event that have that has stuck with you uh, regarding race. Mm. I mean, I mentioned a couple, right? Like I mentioned yeah. that one with my dad, and I mentioned the ones, you know, with my my family. Um, but I think it's a constant. I think it's just like a state of being, man. Yeah. Um, especially in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I just left the coffee shop now, <laughs> and or this morning I asked the guy, a Muslim friend of mine. I haven't seen him at paddle. I was like, hey, man, where have you been? And he's like, oh, I've been fasting. And I felt embarrassed. I'm like, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And now I feel like, oh, now he knows that I'm not really attuned to. Yeah. You know, I, I get that sensitivity. Oh, I'm not, he knows I'm not really attuned to this cultural thing that he, this deep immersive experience that he had for a month. <laughs> I barely sort of understand what it, what it entailed. Yeah. And then similarly, I see a bunch of white dudes talking to the barista and they're speaking in a certain way and I'm like I feel that I understand and connect to the, the this person's lived experience more yeah. than, than most middle class people do by virtue of partly because of my own background mm. but I don't know if that's true yeah. like is that true or am I just Am I just sort of telling myself that, but ultimately there's not really much difference. Yeah. So, I mean, if you talk about that, that's in the last two hours. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm 40. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so, I would say it's a, just a state of being. But again, I would, I would emphasize that I think it's a positive state of being because, I, well, look, the foundation of it feels very, it feels solid. Like I felt like I, I grappled with identity in the way that you are. And I came out of it being like, I'm not, I don't need to, I don't need those buckets. I am who I am. And that's, and, and I'm very confident in that. Yeah. And if other people don't accept that, and that's their problem, man. Yeah. There's other people in the world who will. And in general, the world, you know, the, the part of the world that I want to be a part of is moving in that direction. And that's a, not only a part that I want to be a part of, but it's a part that is vibrant and, it's the best price yeah. and rich and you know like yeah. it's there's a lot uh, the, the sort of liberal developed yeah uh, <laughs> open-minded world is moving in that direction there's plenty of people and plenty of opportunities in that world mm. and so if some people don't accept it man i honestly find like for me racism or you know ignorance when it comes to those things is 
can be upsetting. Yeah. But for the most part, I just find it. I just feel like that person's getting left behind because <laughs> that's a good way to look at it. Because it's stupid, man. Yeah. It's stupid. Like it's so obvious. How many data points do you need? Yeah. That can you you shouldn't be basing things on crudely on race. Yeah. Or crudely on identity or boxing people or understand how many data points do you need that identity is nuanced before you figure it out yourself. If you haven't figured that out, and now you're gonna hold that against me, and I'm supposed to deal with that with you. Man, that's your problem. <laughs> I'm gonna just go talk to someone who has figured it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, you mentioned how your mom's side is not here, right? Is that correct? Mm. So and they're all in the UK now. Yeah. So how would you how would you say you navigate the different cultures you've been brought up in? Because you've kind of only been brought up in a certain culture that doesn't really include your mom's culture. Well. You've met my mom. You can't exclude my mom's culture from Fair anything because she'll not going to include it. <laughs> so, uh, no, so I would say actually our prevailing culture was probably my mom's culture. Because, oh. <laughs> you know, the household, the household is the household, right? Like that's the, that's yeah. your main reference point. Of and course, And everything yeah. else is sort of peripheral. And my mom is a strong character. Yeah. was really like the central point of our upbringing so i'd say her culture i'd say my dad's culture is the one that didn't get as much oh okay input in the way our household was because my dad switched from being raised islamic to being atheist mm. um and really and i think really sort of in some ways uh, let me not speak for him but definitely de- definitely embraced a humanistic non-religious view of the world yeah. and didn't like the fact that he was told lots of things when he was a kid and almost forced to believe certain things yeah and so he he really retracted those things from our upbringing you know what i mean oh okay he, he, being raised by my dad was like being raised by uh, a very open-minded liberal person ah. anywhere in the world um so as a result, we actually didn't get that much input, and and obviously we looked different to the rest of his fam- family, and um, I think maybe culturally he also doesn't. You know, there's a lot of stuff that, that that is not an obvious fit between the way he sees the world and maybe he was raised, and so he didn't spend that much time with his family, so we didn't spend that much time, and I actually feel like that is the part that's missing. I, we were mostly raised in a sort of Western. Local, oh. Wow. Generally, Christian, if not Christian in the home, then maybe Christian cultural values. Yeah. Uh, you know, my mom's a Methodist. I mm. think we, we, I'm not exactly sure where the Protestant work ethic came from, but I, <laughs> I'm certain we had a work ethic in our house, which was similar to the Protestant work ethic. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. So we missed that. And I, and I feel sensitive to that, for sure. Mm. I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> we went, I went to India. And my dad's family came from India, from Gujarat. And uh. only one, there were 13 kids who came over, his grandparents. Uh, no, sorry. His granddad came, my great-granddad. And he had, I think, 13 kids. Of those 13 kids, 12 came to South Africa and oh, one wow. stayed. And so the equivalent of myself and my brother was who I visited. Our generation was who I visited um, in this place called Surat uh-huh. and they're very religious Muslim and I went to their house and it's like a humble you know not super well, super wealthy or anything humble place 
and very religious. The women were not, the wives were not allowed to come in the room. Oh wow! Uh, or be in the room alone with me. Mm. Um, and they were, you know, fully covered up. It was like a, it was a quite a serious thing. So I could only engage the men in conversation, whatever. Wow. Uh, so they gave me these chicken livers, and I was already feeling a bit queasy. You know, the food had gotten to me on the trip, and they served me chicken livers for lunch. Mm. And they thought it was delicious. And so, but the women couldn't stay in the room with me. And the men kept leaving the room to check on the women. So every time they would put chicken livers in my bowl, I kept putting them back in the bowl. Oh my the God. Room. And, it, and acting like I'd eaten them because I didn't want to offend anyone. <laughs> and, then they would, and they would keep coming back in and being like, oh, you finished the chicken livers. Oh, you must like them. And putting more chicken livers. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like. You know, yeah, not, 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 let's say that, that that hasn't happened with my Welsh cousins. Yeah. I mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Although I do think the Welsh um, also, also eat some odd food like the... Yeah, they do. They do. But they've, uh, they keep it simple. It's mostly around uh, the cheese and the... Yeah. You know, like my mom's... Yeah. Cheese and bread are, seem to be a staple. Yeah. <laughs> um... Well, so your house was more dominant from your mom's side. Would you say you feel more comfortable on your mom's with your mom's culture, or no? It's mm, a good question. I'd say probably if you broke down what you know that, that into all of its components, I would say probably yes. Mm. Um, but. If you say like, well, I don't know, it just depends what you weight most heavily in terms of culture. The culture that I feel most comfortable in is probably like a mixed race culture. Yeah, fair in enough. That, <laughs> not that people need to be mixed race, but in that people are open-minded. Yeah. People are not, uh, people are willing to accept different life choices. People are accept, willing to accept different types of people. Mm. There's not a lot of judgment, at least on like a, a, a knee-jerk level. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of sort of culture trumping rationality uh, or history trumping rationality. There's not a lot of emotion driven by like, like historical difference, dri- driving personal choices, you know, that kind of stuff. But mm. that's my mom and my dad's culture. That's yeah. not just my mom's culture, right? Yeah. If I, if I then go into more peripheral stuff like how do I uh, perceive work or I don't know I, I suppose our, our values are probably more similar to what you would find in western countries than what you would find in Islamic countries yeah um, and so in that way maybe that's my mom but like that's my, I mean my dad and mom are very similar actually culturally in terms of those big buckets that I mentioned yeah well actually one of my questions was would you say there is such thing as a mixed race culture which I think you've answered um, but what I want to don't you think so? I think oh yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. But I'm I'm interested. Do you think that each culture is unique? If we were to break it down, like, would you say you have a different mixed race culture t- to me because we come from different races in a sense? Well, okay. I well, mean, maybe me and, me and you, you are not a good example, as, but. What's that? Maybe me and you are not a good example because it's relatively the same. But um, <laughs> someone with two different with races that are different. Yeah, I think 
that okay so uh, let's I, I wanted to mention an, an experience that I, that I forgot about but I was thinking about yesterday was that I actually went to campaign for Obama oh in 2008 I flew from England to the UK uh, sorry from England to America mm. I went to Pennsylvania and Ohio to go door to door for Obama <laughs> and a big reason why I identified so strongly with Obama is because he's mixed race yeah and because I felt like the way he presents things you know everyone would get on his case later on about or not everyone but a lot of people didn't like the nuance with which he presented things the way he would be like well on the one hand and on the other hand yeah and let me just let me just I'm not going to say unequivocally I'm going to say this carefully and I'm going to think about the people involved and I and I'm mm. really going to say like if I could sit with this person in their living room I think I could convince them I know it's harder on national on a national stage but I believe in people mm like that man the reason that that really resonated with me i think if he had been a specific race i don't think he would have he wouldn't have resonated nearly as much yeah. and i don't think he would have resonated nearly as much with everybody as what he did right yeah because he didn't yeah. come with all that baggage he was hard to pigeonhole yeah he wasn't he wasn't like he he wasn't he, they couldn't pigeonhole him as an african american they mm. couldn't pigeonhole him as a white person they couldn't pigeonhole him as a hawaiian he yeah. was all those things yeah um and yet also different from all those things um so uh i i yeah i i mean that was a defining experience but also shows how strongly i believe in the mixed race culture i suppose because yeah i was willing to do something like that right um so your question again was no i was just asking do you think there's a a uniqueness to it so perhaps someone who is um oh. mixed between african and and Asian to someone like me who's got no African in him. <laughs> 100% man. Mm. But I think that is kind of the meta the meta point that we get. One of the biggest things we get from being mixed race is seeing that everyone is unique and yeah. different, right? And so and that like saying, "Oh, you're white, so here you go. Here yeah. are the characteristics <laughs> that are you and here's you black so here you go yeah no, man everyone's different and so what we have in common i think is that we've been raised in an environment where people overcame a huge barrier yeah that most people don't overcome to of open-mindedness in being willing to marry and reproduce across mm. uh race often class you know what i mean like they they were willing to do that and most people aren't open-minded enough or, or willing to do that and so or maybe that's that's a negative way of putting it the choice to go within your own group mm. but there is something positive about going into another group yeah. right and 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 marrying and reproducing so it's not to say anything bad about choosing your own your, a group more, most similar to you but there is a, an open mindedness required to 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 break through that barrier yeah um and so we were raised in that environment and that's a huge sort of um data point on the open mindedness of the people who were most influential in your life. Mm. And I think we have that in common, right? Yeah, yeah. But then but then our parents were different people, our circumstances are different. Yeah. Their cultures are different. Uh our, our we are different as people and so there's definitely a uniqueness to every single person's experience, right? I just think we have that huge thing in common which I think is very significant in shaping 
how we see things and I, I don't know i think it correlates with other op- types of open-mindedness if i see um other couples i don't know just my own experiences that like that's open-mindedness lends itself to rational thinking yeah um a willingness to be persuaded so you're not gonna have, have a parent who's gonna be like it's my way or the highway yeah because they they in, in order to get married across race they broke yeah. thinking like that so now how can they that it, it, it's a quite a big flip to say oh now i'm gonna be the thing that i went against you know what i mean oh um, that's a very interesting similarly they open to new experience so they'll probably mm. you'll probably have grown up in a household which is a little bit more adventurous potentially than, yeah than the average household you know so i think there's like a lot of it's not just open-mindedness it's how, what that open-mindedness results in mm. for your experience as a child and that we can relate um and then also the challenges right that's mm. a, it's an important that we've had to work through when i listen to you speaking i get where you're coming from yeah. in a way that probably unless you've had a similar type of experience with identity is harder to understand yeah um yeah you uh, that was really interesting sorry i i had that so do you think your parents due to being in a i guess a risky relationship at the time um have been more like I don't know if lenient is the correct word, but they haven't been so like dragon parents on you because that's how they lived. I think they raised you with more, I don't know if respect is the right word because I feel like I'm insulting other people's parents, but um, yeah, just like more, they treated you more like an adult, even in your teenage years. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's an unfair inference. Right, like mm. if you think of the type of thinking that comes, let's say you are a person who does everything by the book, by the cultural book. Yeah. Never broken any norms. You say I'm gonna. However, I was raised to do this. That's how I'm gonna do it. Mm. Then, when it comes to parenting, you're gonna, you'll be the same, right? Yeah, you'll so just you'll follow raise that. Your yeah. kids exactly how they should be raised, and it doesn't create leeway to figure things out. It mm. says. This is how it's done. And if you don't do it like this, you're wrong. Mm. Me as a parent, you as a kid. This is how it goes. This is how it goes. This is our relationship. This is the things you need to do. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas our families, our parents, were the opposite in many ways, right? In yeah. many significant ways. And once you start to question one thing, <laughs> yeah, it's again, it's the open-mindedness thing, right? Yeah. Like once you question one thing, you open yourself up to questioning lots of things. And once you're questioning lots of things, your ability to be dogmatic is diminished. Mm. Um, you can't be so, uh, you can't say, I know how this works. And if you don't do it my way, you're wrong and blah, 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 because you don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, uh, and so then I think that leads, it to, leads itself to more lenient parenting, probably more respectful parenting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not a bad inference. I don't know if that always holds or anything like that. No, yeah. It seems reasonable to me yeah i mean i, I do I, have and, a, and it was my experience for sure yeah i mean i have a small sample size but i'm just going off what i know so <laughs> yeah um, exactly. so earlier you mentioned going to the u.s to um campaign for obama um but you also studied in america at harvard correct that's right yeah. and at oxford in the uk yeah damn that's really cool um sorry um how how would you say your experience was different in each of those two countries in terms of your 
biracialness and of course compared here to South Africa? Um, I love I love my experience in America because of how embracing it was of me holistically. Mm. I felt like I got into Harvard in part because I was mixed race, because I'd grown up as a mixed race kid under apartheid. They were they valued that difference. They valued how that would contribute to the student body, how that would yeah. contribute to me as a leader, that kind of stuff. And and the student the same. Um, and I think I've uh, you know I'll always have a, a soft spot for America in that regard. Mm. Um, even at a time when there was. Uh, you know, it was 9-11. 9-11 happened the month yeah. I arrived yeah. at college. Wow. And the only time I ever really felt that was was when I would come through passport control. And even then, it wasn't... Mm. I never was really felt, you know, felt to be less than. Um, so I liked that. I just felt like America really did, you know, fundamentally embrace, at, that, at least in my experience, that sort of meritocracy and mm. see what what people brought it, to me like it's obvious that it's nuanced but yeah. to me that's how, how i was treated when i went to england and what i haven't liked and actually one of the cultures that i find i've always find most difficult is like the hierarchical english class structure yeah i experienced that in school in joburg we you know when a couple times and engaging in the old private more white schools yeah <laughs> where i just felt like i was treated as less than because of who I was, like mm. off the bat, that people couldn't process that I could be similar to them because in their minds I was less than. Mm. And I felt like at Oxford it wasn't valued, that my diverse background wasn't valued. Uh, in fact, it made me less than, mm. uh, not with everyone, but like institutionally and uh, uh, with, you know, the. the, the Hey everybody, uh, sorry to interrupt the podcast. Unfortunately, this one part of the episode with Yusuf answering one of my questions, uh, the file got corrupted. So, unfortunately, this little part is going to skip to another question that I ask because I lost this half of it. I'm very sorry about it. I just thought his answer up until then was so cool and interesting so i wanted to leave in the part even though it got the rest of the answer got destroyed <laughs> thank you i hope you enjoy the rest sort of the so um what i also want to ask is uh now you are well not now you have been um, married to someone from a completely different culture to the one you are you grew up in um how would you say your life has changed because now you're immersed in another culture yeah um and it's wonderful and i would i I mean it's brought so much richness to my life that wouldn't have been there had i not had the partner that i have and she didn't have the family that she has and the background she does right and i would Mm. like to think i mean how do you separate the two i'd like to think that my my own background made me more open to yeah um engaging in that and i suppose another thing is like it doesn't stop at the engaging right it's, it's like you, you start with the, the the willingness to engage is the starting point but mm. as things things are not the, the nature of things being very different between cultures is that when when you reach difficult moments and cultures are very 
be different in the way that they process those things. That's hard. Yeah. And your willingness to work through those differences and to see the other person's perspective and to get to the other side of it and to build a culture which embraces the good of both and sort of finds a middle ground. Yeah. Man, that probably also does come a little bit. I, yeah, who knows? But maybe <laughs> I would have just been willing to do that anyway. I mean, my in-laws are from the most Serbian. <laughs> they're the most Serbian people you could ever think of yeah. <laughs> with no mixing and they were willing to do it for me so maybe it's just a matter of but, yeah. but you know they are you know to speak to the different types of experiences they are immigrants who, they left Serbia which was a uh, a communist the former Yugoslavia a fully mm. communist society for all of their lives and they left that society and went to Toronto which is is you know as close to american capitalism as you can get yeah. you know it's like a 30 minute flight yeah uh, and so you know maybe their their open mindedness also comes a little bit from those having to navigate those different experiences yeah okay um also um as you mentioned you have two kids and congratulations on the recent birth of your daughter um thank you now we've spoken a lot about you know growing up mixed race but how will you help your children navigate the complexities of growing up mixed race because they are also now mixed race you know with even more <laughs> than you it's true and a part of, i mean I, i suppose in part i can tell you how we're going to try how we are trying but i don't know what the answer is i mean so first of all my kids look as well white as white can be like they they got their their welsh and serbian <laughs> genes are strong and, yeah. and they've got like light eyes light skin very light skin mm-hmm. um my daughter's got bright blue eyes mm-hmm. uh so the way they will first engage the world i think would be mostly feeling like or looking like white people and mm-hmm. somebody said to me the other day you present white And I, <laughs> I used to get offended when people said that. Yeah. And now I'm like, ah, okay, you just use whatever language. You see how yeah. you see it, man. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, that, I suppose that's true. But I, I think a good thing my parents did um, was to give me the name Yusuf. You yeah. Know? Because that, I suppose, maybe it speaks a little bit to your experiences. Like, what's your name's Yusuf? People are like, yeah, they can't think you white. Yeah. Because there's no Yusuf that's white, right? So there's you have to somehow give me some yeah. credit for that. Unfortunately, and there then, are um, plenty of Zacharys who are white, so. <laughs> white Zacharys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so we gave them names that would speak to their actually in this case their Serbian and, and partly Muslim heritage. So we've got Nole and Emina, mm. uh, which is Emina is a Bosnian name. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Bosnian Muslim name, and uh, and then I don't know, man. I actually, to be honest, these kids are—they're so mixed in there. It's so obvious how mixed they are. They've got Papa coming, and he's Indian, and then they've got their two grandparents who speak English with this deep Serbian accent, <laughs> and then they've got Mangi teaching them. You know, Mangi is the Welsh word for granny, and she's mm-hmm. teaching them, uh, you know, like proper etiquette from England. <laughs> and then there's me and the mom the Zoe is from Serbia but speaks with a Canadian accent they're growing up in Joburg with me Yusuf who looks who presents white if they don't have a chance to think that <laughs> things are simple yeah right? there's like there's no way there's no there's no two things like it was for me and you there's yeah eight things yeah so they just don't have a chance to I think their chance of boxing I think for them the emphasis on race is going to be a lot less yeah and 
their life lived experience is just so diversified mm. that I hope it will be normal. And where it's not, you know, like we spend a lot of time taking them to places, show, showing them things. We quite uh, intentional mm. about showing them the different sides of the world and showing them and not not just race obviously like i mean class is a big one yeah language is a big one just different parts of the world are are, are, are big and so i think their childhood is going to be so much advanced of what mine was for example which was really like south african apartheid south africa and white and indian mm. uh, the world has evolved from there and i think yeah. their their lived experience will have evolved so I think by virtue of all that and the intentionality of the way we're doing it, I hope that they will, you know, just generally be have these things be way more normalized for them and just be embracing, not so consciously as I am or have been of like a a, a, a multi identity universe. That's just yeah. that I think they'll just think that that's what the world is. You know yeah. I mean? Um. Well, I mean, to end off, here, I have one more question for you. Um. Do you have any advice for mixed race kids like me who are growing up in this day and age and feel challenged by society's need to place you as one thing or the other and as you said put you in a box? Yeah, yeah, I think that you know we, we started and it wasn't actually part of the chatting. I was saying uh, I think focusing on what you get and not what you give up when you're doing something hard is really important. I think that's like an that's a key way to get through difficulty especially when the difficulty does present a positive and a negative which i suppose in general things do but some things are just negative mm. um, in this case it's very much the case that there's positive and negative to it and i would just really encourage anybody who's mixed race to to think about the, the reality of the world in my view is that okay we, we i will put things like artificial intelligence aside and what that's going to mean for humanity if we keep going on the current trajectory the right side of history is open-minded and mm. liberal and fair and embracing of difference yeah right and that's what all these different movements whether they are to do with race or gender or sexuality they're, they're all pointing in the same direction that we that's where we're going is to understand and to have more empathy for groups who have historically not had a voice and now are going to be represented and it's happening on super speed at the moment and probably that'll just accelerate and so you're on being mixed race is a positive thing and that the people who don't see it that way are, are probably on the wrong side of history mm. right and those are not there's an the right side that's to, that, that 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 is where you should gravitate towards and mm. not have yourself not allow people who are just seeing things wrongly for whatever reason in my mind i think they're just wrong and you don't, you don't want to be having them affect your lived experience too much mm. so embrace embrace your own identity embrace who you are embrace the, the positives of, of of this diverse experience that you've gotten incredible dad incredible mom uh sorry now in that case i'm speaking to you specifically yeah. right like such such benefits from how different they are and the different backgrounds they come from that you would have never had and so you see the world and understand the world it's a, it's, it's such a blessing that you get to see the world and understand the world in the way that you do if other people don't see that and don't value it then leave that to be their yeah. way of life and their problem right mm -hmm. but gravitate towards the, the the positive of the experience in your own mind and to the people who will 
appreciate it because there's plenty. I mean, for example, Harvard University, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and and just really try to think about what you get from it and the positive that you get from it, and not what what you lose. Thank you so much, Yusuf, and thank you again for doing this. Um, it's been awesome to have you on the podcast, um, and I've really enjoyed this. Um, yeah, man, it's been great. It's been great engaging with you. I think mm. it's a sign of your generation that I still haven't seen you in person since we started talking about this. And even today, when I was planning to come to your house, <laughs> you told me no, we're doing it on the phone, <laughs> and sent me scuttling home, even though I was three minutes from your house. Sorry. So I hope to see you in person. Yes. Yes. Um, and we can talk more about this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. And thank you right. to the listeners for sticking around to the end. I hope you've enjoyed. Please follow the podcast on Spotify and leave me a rating and share it with your friends. Cheers.